The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, the doors were locked, the disciples were the fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in their midst, said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord, and Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them. Whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, and Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger into his nail marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, a week later, his disciples again were inside and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Bring your hand and put it into my side. Do not believe, be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that through this belief, you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So let's say you're having a bake sale for your school And Billy Gates happens to come over by you to see the bake sale. He says, gee, I'd like to support you somehow. Well, you're not going to say to Billy Gates, well, gee, thank you. Well, you would buy a couple of cakes. You're not going to tell him that. You're going to ask him to pay for the school. Why? Because it's the art of asking. You always ask for something that matches the potential of the giver. So why don't we do that with God? When I first came to St. Clement's, the, the church needed a lot of repairs. One of the things that needed repair were the kneelers. 
because the padding on the needles had disintegrated over the years, and it was like kneeling on a brick. So I had a little campaign going. I invited people to pay for a kneeler, 45 bucks a piece. Didn't break the bank. People felt that that was a good uh, way to donate to the church, so people started picking up and buying some of the kneelers. About a couple of weeks into the campaign, I got a phone call from someone and says, do you still get any more kneelers left there in the church? Oh, yeah, I got quite a few, actually. He says, good, I'll buy them all. I said to him, oh, that's interesting because we happen to have other items as well as the church. (laughs) He paid for the sound system and the lighting. The art of asking is asking for something that matches the potential of the giver. But sometimes, you know, we want something that's even more than just materialistic. We want something better. Sometimes we want some ability to be able to do something. I was talking to my cousin once, and she says, you know, when I was pregnant outside of wedlock, I didn't want to see Nana. I avoided her. I was ashamed. So I was upstairs, and I came downstairs, and one day, and then there's Nana right in the living room, so I wanted to kind of get away from her so she wouldn't talk to me. And she saw me, and she said, Denise, come over here. And she took her arms, and she wrapped them around me, and says, oh, Denise, you make me so happy. I'm going to be a great-grandmother. My, my, my cousin says that that's what she did. She was so good at that. She always, no matter what you did, no matter how wrong you were, she always gave you a reason why she was crazy about you. Anyway, it was her 90th birthday, and we threw her a little surprise birthday party. There were about 100 of us gathered around. We were all surrounding her, and she said to everybody after she got all her gifts, she says, thank you very much for all of this. I really appreciate it. But when I die, none of you are going to get anything. None of you are going to get an inheritance because I don't have anything to give. And my cousin said, all I want from you are those arms. She wanted her spirit. She wanted her ability to be able to do what she does. My father's a great golfer. He he, uh, won quite a few tournaments in his age division. So after he won one of his tournaments, he decided to upgrade and got himself a new set of golf clubs. And so he gave me his old set of golf clubs. Now remember when the one wood and the three wood were really made of wood and not titanium? So my father gave me his clubs and I said, Dad, these are antiques. He said to me, I won tournaments with these. When you win tournaments with these, then you can upgrade to a brand new set of golf clubs. I said to him, Dad, it's not the clubs that I want. It's your swing. Sometimes it's not the thing that we want from somebody. Sometimes it's the ability. My grandmother can't give her kindness and her gentleness and her forgiveness and and her wonderful spirit to my cousin. My father can't give me his ability to swing. But there's one person that can give us ability to be able to do the things that he does. When Jesus rose from the dead in the gospel, he went into the upper room. And he didn't say to them, gee, isn't this great? Look at I rose from the dead. This is wonderful. He went in the upper room to give them something. And we want that something. 
But before we talk about what he gave, before we discuss the gift, let me ask you a question. What was the first thing that Jesus did when he rose from the dead? Before he went to the upper room to see the disciples, before he bumped into Mary Magdalene, before he rolled up the handkerchief that was covering his head and put it off to the side, before the stone was rolled over, what was the first thing that Jesus did when he rose from the dead? He filled his lungs with air. When he went to the upper room, what did he give? gave him the exhale of the resurrected breath. In Greek, when you do this, it's spirit. Jesus gave them the ultimate gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the resurrected breath. The Holy Spirit is the ability to live his life No one can give that. But Christ. When you go to the Lord and you ask him for something, make sure it's really big. Make sure it's something that no one else can give you. Ask for that spirit.